Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. Today's message is entitled, God Works Through Interruptions. God Works Through Interruptions. I have a couple of quotes for you this morning. One from C.S. Lewis, who once said, The great thing, if one can, is to stop regarding all the unpleasant things as interruptions of one's own or real life. The truth is, of course, that what one calls the interruptions are precisely one's real life. The life God is sending one day by day. Isn't that true? I mean, we all have interruptions. Uh, Guess what? Tomorrow's Monday. And because it's Monday morning when you wake up, I bet something happens. And you'll be like, oh, this is what he was talking about. There's interruptions all the time. Henry Nowen uh, said this, My whole life I've been complaining that my work was constantly interrupted until I discovered the interruptions were my work and how true is that Uh, there are i believe divinely appointed moments that we encounter each day that if we are in tune with god and we're prayerfully seeking him maybe he's putting people across our path who need our words need our time need our touch need our encouragement and if we're not ready for that if we're not looking for that then we miss those opportunities we miss those moments uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've looked at the events leading up to the birth of Christ. Now we're going to look at what happened after he was born. We're going to look at three sets of characters. Uh, the first were the shepherds who were working in a field nearby. The second were the magi, these mysterious religious folk that came from who knows where that announced that there was going to be a king born because they saw a star. And then finally, we see King Herod grapple with the idea of a new king being born, and what all does that mean? And all of that is in this Christmas story. Look, if you will, in Luke chapter 2. We'll start there first this morning. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, we see the account of when the shepherds heard about Jesus' birth. In Luke 2, verse 8, in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. And when the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And after seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned 
glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Can you imagine being a shepherd at that time? Um, a shepherd, they had one job, to watch the sheep. And it was an important job. If you're familiar with David, who became the king in the Old Testament, at one point he protected sheep from a, a lion and from a bear. Uh, you didn't want to leave sheep unattended. They needed to be protected. And that was the shepherd's job. And yet, imagine you have this angelic encounter. Angels appear and they deliver this once-in-a-lifetime message and there's no hesitation. They completely leave their job and they go and they check it out and they made history. You know, they say that sometimes peer pressure can be usually bad. Sometimes it can be good. Sometimes when we're trying to make a decision, we want to know if somebody else is going to do it with us. But in this instance, this was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. How many times do you stand out somewhere and you see an angel? And then you hear a message like this. So as you can see, uh, when the angels left and returned to heaven, the Bible says the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They, they believe God was in this. God obviously sent an angel to tell them this awesome message. There was no hesitation. Let's go check this out. Let's see what's happening. And that's exactly what they did. Now, what does this mean? It means that ministry happens outside our routine. That's the first point this, uh, this, of this message. Ministry happens outside our routine. Here were shepherds doing what they always do. Every day, every night, they're out there in the field. They're tending their sheep. They're protecting them. They're watching out for them. Uh, kind of a mundane job, but somebody's got to do it. Uh, there were risks involved. David had to encounter a lion. He had to encounter a bear. But he was faithful. He was diligent. He did what he was supposed to do. He protected the sheep. He was a good shepherd. And these shepherds were as well. But guess what? God sometimes interrupts our routine. And that's where he works. And that's where ministry happens. Uh, there'll be times when God sends us opportunities. They might interrupt your day. They might interrupt an appointment. They might interrupt your favorite book or television show or movie. But God uses interruptions at times to get our attention. This time he had to interrupt because how often is the Messiah born? Once in a lifetime. And it happened while they were doing what they always do. And he broke into their world. The angels interrupted them and got their attention. You know, during the holiday season, you and I need to be aware that there'll be opportunities for us to show the love of Christ to other people, to share hope. And you might go, well, that's good. I'm ready. But what if it happens when you're not ready? You know, I can, I can remember, um, I, I told Bob this, I remember when I was uh, in college and they asked me, to be the uh, college and career Sunday school teacher, you know, at the time in my home church, Bob. And um, I, I'm like, okay, nobody would do it. And I was that age, and I thought, well, okay. So I did it, and every week it's like two, two or three people because they were all going to college. And then I got a little bit of lax, you know. Oh, it's just two or three people. I'll, I'll wing it. And you know what happened. The week that I did that, everybody came home, and I had like 15 people. Oh, man, okay, Lord, I won't do that again. But I learned a lesson, 
And that is you've got to always be ready. When it comes to um, ministry, it's going to happen outside of your routine. You, you, you're going to be faithfully doing what you're doing, going to work every day, taking care of your family, checking on this, doing that. And then all of a sudden, here comes a curveball. It could be an opportunity. And you need to be aware of that. And you need to be willing to take it. Realize that God will disrupt our routines. Then you see the Magi in the story. Turn, if you will, to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2, one of my favorite parts of the story is the wise men. They're also called Magi in the Scriptures. And it says in Matthew 2 verse 1, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, Wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising, and we have come to worship him. Can you imagine that? Now, I've studied this before, and many believe, and I agree, that if you go back to the Old Testament, when uh, Daniel and some of them were taken into exile, it's believed that Daniel influenced, he, he was what, third or second or third in command, you know, when he was in exile. And, and many believe that Daniel used his influence, his faith and his belief in God to teach some basic Old Testament scriptures that raised the awareness that one day God's going to send a, a Messiah. And you need to realize that. You need to be aware of God's purpose out there, His plan in the world, and be looking for Him. And yet, here are these men that are of a different religion, a different faith, and they, it involves the stars. It involves astrology. And yet, these men have heard just enough to scratch the itch, to make them go, we think there's something here. And they began to put together that a king had been born in Bethlehem and so they come and followed his star and they wanted to worship him can you imagine that the magi they came from this astrology background as far and as different as it could be from the Jewish belief system and yet they were following the star they believed a king had been born and they wanted to know more so they could worship him imagine how they got out of their comfort zone Imagine to today what would it be like if someone that was a fortune teller for a living walked into our service in their full garb and sat down. Imagine, uh, you know, would we embrace them? Would we find them weird looking? Would we be a, a bit nervous? Uh, hopefully we would welcome them. We would engage them. We would have conversations. Maybe they would even say, I'm here to check out the Jesus thing. And don't be offended by that. They're wondering what this thing is all about. And yet we would tell them about Christ. And we would point to his death on the cross for all people, including them. The point is this. God is available to any who seek him. Do you believe that? I do. God is available to any who seek him. In the Old Testament in Jeremiah God said, you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Uh, when you seek God and you want to find him and you're seeking him with all your heart, you'll find him. He will show himself to you. He will reveal himself to, to you. Just like these people that were religious outsiders that were coming from a faraway place, they had just enough knowledge that they were curious 
And they didn't have all the answers, but they were trying to find out more. And they were acting on the knowledge they had. And they said, we've got to go. We've got to go to Israel. We've got to go to this town. We've got to follow this star. It's obviously pointing somewhere. We believe a great king has been born. We want to go check it out. We want to worship him. Clearly, God was working in their heart and preparing them. And here's the beauty of the Christmas story is that God is still drawing people to himself. And people today still have an opportunity to respond to God. And that's what's so awesome because God is available to anyone who seeks him. And then there in Matthew, we pick up in verse 3 and we see the third character in this story and that's King Herod. In verse 3, when King Herod heard this about the wise men coming, asking these questions, where is he born king of the Jews? When he heard this, he was deeply disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Christ would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what is written by the prophet. And they quoted Micah chapter 5, verse 2 of the Old Testament. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my People, Israel, a ruler that will shepherd. And thus he broke the news first to the shepherds. And the kings are the last to find out. How ironic. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men. And he asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and he said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. And after hearing the king, they went on their way. And there it was, the star they had seen in its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. What an interesting story. Uh, I believe I showed this the first year that I was here. I believe it's in our church library in the basement if you want to check it out sometime. There's a wonderful DVD out there called the Star of Bethlehem. A Christian man who is an attorney and his daughter when she was younger was asking questions when he read the Christmas story at home and she was really into stars. Dad, tell me more about that star. Well, at first glance he thought, I don't know, I've got to look at that. And he took his analytical attorney lawmaking mind And it became a big, full-blown research project. And it ultimately led to this DVD, which is about an hour long, called The Star of Bethlehem. I don't want to spoil it for you, but if you've never seen it, it would be worth your time. Uh, He goes real deep into the scriptures to understand the stars. And he shows that, you know, the Bible says that God speaks through creation, that the heavens declare his glory 
uh, and the handiwork of his hands, and he starts from a conviction of Scripture, and he begins to lay out his case, and when he's done, his conclusion will amaze you. I won't say any more because I don't want to spoil it, but it's worth your time. If you've never seen that, uh, take a, about an hour of your time this Christmas and check out the Star of Bethlehem DVD. Um, but at any rate, these wise men, they get what they came for. They show up in town, and their mere presence disturbs everybody. Who are these people? What are they saying? What are they talking about? And then that raises the awareness. So King Herod brings in all of these guys that should know. He summons them, the priests and the scribes. And he says, does the scripture say where or when the, the Messiah would be born? Well, we don't know when, but it clearly says in the prophet Micah, Bethlehem. And so with that knowledge, these wise men head to Bethlehem. And what do they see on the way? the star that led them th this far. And ultimately, it leads them exactly to where Jesus is, and they worship him. And then they're warned in a dream, don't go back to Herod. And it says there in verse 13, after they were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. And then we find out in verse 16 that Herod when he realized he had been outwitted by the wise man, flew into a rage, and he gave orders to massacre all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under. Why? Because he felt threatened that a king was born, and he didn't want a threat to the throne, even if it was a, a few years in the making. You see, the Magi approached King Herod to learn about this king that was born. And it blindsided Herod. He felt threatened. I want to tell you something. You and I will have times in our life where maybe we feel threatened. And the point that I want to talk about here is this. Threats to our position and power are actually opportunities for legacy. Threats to our position and power are actually opportunities for legacy. When I think of legacy, I think of John the Baptist. John the Baptist had one of the greatest legacies that ever lived. Now, let me help you understand what legacy is. For years, I thought legacy was what you accomplished, like your record. Hey, look what, look what I did, or look what God did through me. Look at that. That's your record. But that's not your legacy. Your legacy is not what you've done. Your legacy is what you leave behind. Got it? It's what you leave behind. And John the Baptist knew what his legacy was. He, he was born, you know, remember as Danny was talking about, Zechariah and Elizabeth, and his name is John. That's John the Baptist. He was a cousin to Jesus Christ, and he had a call on his life from the very beginning. And he, he, he was in tune with God, and he knew what his purpose was, to prepare the way for the Lord. And when God began to exalt him in his ministry, he began to say, look, there's somebody coming whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie. You need to be looking to him. And they'd say, are you the Messiah? Oh no, I'm not the one. I'm just the messenger in the wilderness. And he would begin to point. And then when Jesus came on the scene, he goes, that's him. 
and I, he, he must increase and I must decrease. And so John the Baptist knew what legacy was all about. Too bad Herod didn't. Herod was threatened by this newborn babe. And instead of rejoicing in what God was doing in the world, what did he do? He wanted to remove any threat whatsoever. Again, the Christmas option. And the shepherds and the magi, the wise men, and Herod, they all had options. And you know what? You and I today, we have options. Are we going to trust and obey God? Or are we going to do things our own way? Interruptions are a tool that God can use. And in each of these sub-stories, God interrupted what the shepherds were doing. He interrupted this life that the wise man had in another country. He interrupted and rocked Herod's world. When you see that interruption, do you see God moving? Do you see an opportunity in front of you that maybe he's saying, look, I'm doing something here and I want you to join me. Interruptions break up our routine. Sometimes they're uncomfortable. Many times they're unwelcome and they're always unexpected. Maybe you don't feel ready but maybe that's the opportunity God's using to get your attention and say, look, I am right here and I want you to be a part of this. We see in the story of Jesus' birth three sets of people that were involved in the greatest story ever told. The shepherds, they were the first ones to hear the news of this baby born in Bethlehem. The wise men who normally wouldn't be included at all but because they were focusing on what little they had, they acted on the knowledge they had, and it led to faith in Jesus Christ. You know, the Scriptures declare, I think Paul wrote to Timothy, that all Scripture is God-breathed, it, it's inspired by God, and it's able to make you wise through faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, God uses the message in His Word to bring us to a place to we recognize who Jesus Christ is. He's the Son of God. He died to save us from our sins. He rose from the dead to prove that He is who He claimed to be. And someday, one day, He is coming again. God can use interruptions to teach us that ministry happens outside of our routine, that God is available to anybody who's willing to seek Him, and that even threats to our position and power can be opportunities for legacy. What is God saying to you this morning? What is God calling you to do? It's my prayer that you will seek Him. Wise people still do. And you have options this Christmas. Maybe it's not uh, as memorable a Christmas as one that you remember when you were younger or in your childhood, but it's another Christmas, another season on the calendar. And you have options. God's still on the throne. He still loves you. And He still is doing a work in the world. And He's saying, look, I want you to be a part of it too. I want to include you. And won't you be that wise person that still seeks Him? Let's all stand, musicians, if you would come. This is going to be the time of our invitation. Maybe God is speaking to someone uh, here today, and I want to give you an opportunity to respond. If you've never took that first step to trust and follow Jesus, that's the first thing you should do, to realize that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, 
He lived the life we should have lived. He died the death that we should have died. He rose again, proving that he is the Messiah. And now he offers the free gift of eternal life to anyone who comes to him. Will you come to him this morning? Maybe you need to take that next step of obedience and be baptized, believer's baptism. I'm really inspired by three people that did that today. If you haven't done that, then that's your next step. After you've done that, you need to serve. You know what? Before I knew Christ, I did life my way. But when I got saved, I want to do it God's way. And so I want to serve Him, whatever it is He would have me to do. And so roll up your sleeves and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I believe He'll give you something to do. He'll put purpose and meaning in your life. And then, of course, get plugged in. Uh, there's many Bible studies and classes that we have here. Find one, get involved, and uh, hook up with brothers and sisters, and let's do life together. I tell you what, we serve an awesome God, don't we? Whatever God's calling you to do this morning, I want to encourage you to take that next step of faith and obedience. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact the pastor, please visit phbcsummerset.com.